April 8th, 2022. I appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. If you're looking to get some of the new XRP merch, the XRP, the XLM, the XDC, I hope your bags are packed. Not financial advice, but if you're looking to get the drip, head on over to ZachRector.com. The links are down below. You can find it very easily. Head on over to the website, ZachRector.com. We appreciate all of you guys in this community. We got a session for you tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Let's run it up. All right, folks. So I just wanted to remind everyone, you got nothing to worry about here. Just take a look at Brad. This picture right here, I tweeted that feeling when you went all in. Hashtag XRP. We got Brad Gollinghouse looking amazing, sipping something fruity there on the beach uh, down in Florida. And Ripple, as always, outclassing the rest of the Bitcoin community down there next to uh, the Bitcoin conference there in Miami. You love to see it. Now, I also tweeted out today, Bill Hinman about to be the fall guy for the SEC, question mark. And that tweet's getting a lot of love. So yeah, if you guys can show us some love over on Twitter as well, we are spreading the good message over there. I just want you guys to take one look here at Brad and remember what you hold. Remember where we're going. There is nothing to worry about. We have prepared ourselves for generational wealth. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get right into it, okay? So starting off, I wanted to take a look here at the technical analysis. Just one look. We got to zoom out on the charts. Really, unless you're doing the day trading, I don't spend time looking at the charts. I already told you guys I have not checked the prices of crypto today. I have no idea what the crypto market's at. I have no idea how much my portfolio is worth. I, you know, I am a long-term investor, and we zoom out here on the charts. As you guys can see, that Bitcoin has been in a bull market since 2020 on the weekly. Just because the majority joined crypto late doesn't mean we are in a bear market. We are making higher highs and higher lows on the weekly. We are trending up until we close below the trend line. Bitcoin is bullish. So remember, when we talk about the markets here, a 20% move is a bear market or a bull market. So although technically speaking, we did enter a bear market in December when we dropped down, uh, we went down as much as 40, 50%, a lot of other cryptos down 70, 80% actually. But uh, if we zoom out on the charts here, you can see that the macro picture, guys, this, the trend is up, and until we close below 30K, that 30 to 33K level, we tap down to 33K. Uh, that was a few weeks ago, but uh, we're still holding strong, right? And, and obviously, you guys know I don't care for Bitcoin at all, but it is good to see that we're still holding this trend. The overall cryptocurrency space is on the brink of a mass adoption moment. So when we understand what's, uh, you know, what, what we're on the precipice of, um, you know, I'm like Brad Gollinghouse here. I'm just having myself an adult beverage, sitting back, enjoying the show, knowing that when we come out on the other side of this thing, we've positioned ourselves accordingly to partake in some riches, in some generational wealth. Don't be stupid with your money when you make it, but uh, strap in and have a plan here because as we can see here, Goldman Sachs hates us. I see a chance that the Fed may need to hike rates past 4%. So it does appear that the Federal Reserve is continuing on. They're trying to tank this thing. If you didn't know any better, you would think that they're trying to collapse this thing because the market can definitely not afford going to a 4% interest rate hikes as we did back in the previous uh, inflationary crisis of the 70s. In the 80s, Paul Volcker, Paul Volcker came in and he started raising rates dramatically. We were at much higher interest rates. Currently, we are at... 0.25 to 50 cent to, to 0.5, half a percent. 
So we're, we're between a quarter to half a percent. And you have this Goldman guy saying that we need to go past 4% to fix the inflation issue. That's why he's saying that we need to go to 4%. We will not be able to handle that. And I'm going to show you a couple news pieces here on how Main Street here, the real estate market, it's already being felt. We're already seeing the numbers. The mortgage applications have fallen off a cliff. The pain is already here. So although the future is bright, we know what we're sitting on on the other side of this thing. The times are going to be rough here, and I don't know if this is going to last months, if this is going to last years. We prepare for the worst. We pray for something better, and uh, that's what we're doing right now. Now, continuing on, now, huge shout out to Johnny up in our Discord group for sharing this with the group. This is coming from Gold Telegraph. Uh, breaking news. The United States Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, that's the FDIC, asked banks for info on crypto activity, citing potential systemic risks from certain crypto assets and activities. Now that would be Tether. That would be the ticking time bomb that is Tether, the biggest stable coin, over 60% of the trading volume for the space. This thing goes, the whole space is going with it. So, you know, even in regards to our cryptocurrencies, we're here for the ride. I don't check the market. I don't care what happens. If we go down to 50 cents, I back up the truck. I take out loans against my whole life so that I can accumulate more digital assets. I mean, whatever it takes, when we go down, if we do go down to those levels, we'll be eating it up. If we catch the pump, like it's still looking like we will, then uh, we have our exit strategy for that. We're going to exit all of our cryptos besides XRP. It's a very simple strategy that I have. Haven't been investing in cryptocurrency in a major way since earlier last year, really. Um, you know, we've made very few purchases since December when we warned about heading into a bear market. So that's where we're at now. As you're seeing, the the Wall Street story, the central banks, the Federal Reserve, they're all admitting that this story is up, that we have systemic risk, right? So this gets concerning because uh, the FDIC insurance, that is what would be backing up your account up to $250,000, whether that's your account at your, your local bank, wherever you bank with, or these exchanges have started to become FDIC insured as well. But, but like we've been warning about, Tether's a ticking time bomb. Tether's been propping up Bitcoin. Ethereum, we know about the whole Ethereum free, free pass monopoly, and that's being exposed on a major level. We're going to get to that here shortly. Um, so have a plan. Guys, check this out. The London Metal Exchange metal stockpile hit the lowest level since 1997. Now, remember, they had to shut down the London Metal Exchange over the nickel crisis. We just had the nickel crisis, and now they won't let nickel move more than 15% in a day. The commodities markets are absolutely jacked up, as they state here. This is quite a moment in history to be a commodities trader. Take a look at this. Lithium, by the ton. Back in 2012, it was $4,450 per ton. It is currently $78,000. I don't know what the percentage gain is. I can't do that off the top of my head. But guys, these commodity prices are jacked up, absolutely crazy. And this is going to affect many, many aspects of our lives. Especially us here in America, we're still sitting on many resources, but because of the Greenpeace agenda, they won't let us tap in to our own oil, tap into our own natural resources. Um, the Bitcoin miners tell us that because they're going to be looking for more efficient Bitcoin mining, that Bitcoin miners are going to save the whole world. That's an interesting narrative uh, from Michael Saylor and the rest of the hopium smoking uh, Bitcoin maxis. But nonetheless, what we're seeing here is these commodities are getting absolutely jacked up. 
from 4,000 per ton in 2012, 10 years later, we're at 78,000 per ton. So when they tell you that the inflation rate is an 8% on the CPI, uh, that is BS. Let's continue on here now. Uh, now this is interesting to see because this is what Russia is doing with their gold and how they've they've pegged the ruble to their to their natural resources and their gold. So this is coming from the young predator on on Twitter. He says buy gold for 1936 on the Comex, sell gold for 2059 to the Russian Central Bank, make 6% profit, wash and repeat until the Comex is empty. Now as we just started, as we just stated in the last clip there, the London Metals Exchange is bust, right? Their stockpiles are down to levels not seen since 1997. And now you're seeing that Russia has pegged, they're accepting a higher price for gold, right? So they're actually taking gold at a discount um, for their rubles. And what this is doing is that this is driving demand for gold. This is driving demand for Russian oil and natural gas. And now they're cutting deals with the Saudis, the Chinese, the rest of the BRICS nations. The story of the US dollar petro system is over. And as you're seeing right here, you have a 6% arbitrage between what the COMEX is doing and what the Russian central bank is doing. Continuing on, this is from Luke Groman, who's been, we've been covering a lot of this guy's tweets. Uh, a lot of this guy's tweets from Luke Groman on Twitter. Many traders on FinTwit, which is financial Twitter, are saying that the ruble is not convertible. It's only a one-way trade. But this is not true. Oil and gas are functionally Russia's currency. Oil and gas are fully convertible hard currencies. And they are leaving Russia in very large amounts. And this is coming from reports that the Russian ruble extends gains firms to $74, $74 versus the dollar on the Moscow exchange. Excuse me. That would be 74 versus the dollar on the Moscow exchange. It's strongest level seen since uh, here in 2022. So strongest levels this year, we are already passed, way past pre-invasion levels for the Russian ruble. Uh, and, and what he just stated here as well is that the ruble is not convertible. It's only a one-way trade. That's not true because they can trade for gold and they can also trade for Bitcoin. And what they're doing right now is they're they're selling off their oil and gas. This is what's saving Russia during this time through all the sanctions and everything. As I stated in a video earlier today, uh, they ripped the Band-Aid off. They're already starting to recover. Many people have already suggested they've already backed their currency by gold. As we're seeing here, they've backed it by gold and their natural resources. The trade deals are already being done, and the rest of the world is done getting bullied around by the United States. Russia is actually leading the way as far as turning away, because in the in the previous world order, as I talked about this before, in the previous world order, Russia was only a military threat. Back in the Cold War, it was just a matter of they had nukes, we had nukes, uh, mutual destruction basically prevented that war. At this time, though, they can hold up in the currency war. They can hold up in the commodities war. They have the resources, and now they can sit at the table with a better hand than, than the West. Basically, they can force their hand for Germany, Europe, all of, all of Europe that really needs 
could not survive without the Russian natural resources. So this is all part of the changing world order uh, here in America. Our standard of living is in jeopardy. So I know that we haven't seen it. We've seen some price effects at the pump. Uh, today, I just got back from Costco. It makes me sick to my stomach how much I spent at Costco today. Uh, it's insane, right? So it's coming back home. And it's going to come back home in a major way. And my prediction is that we're going to see food riots and energy, basically an energy crisis coming back home as well. Which is a shame because we're sitting on a vast amount of resources here in this country. Now, this one's from Gold Telegraph. Somebody tell the youngsters that if they purchase a million-dollar piece of digital real estate, it does not matter if they have a digital garden. They will still be dealing with record high food prices in the real world. This needs to be said. Exactly. Now, it's not popular to talk to the TikTok kids about the energy crisis and the food crisis because they're still living at their mom's house and they're still living in their parents' basement. They don't pay for their bills, right? They just stack Bitcoin, trade NFTs, and hope that it goes to the moon. Those of us in the real world understand what's happening. We have families to take care of. We're actually preparing ourselves for the energy crisis, the debt crisis, the liquidity crisis. And the reason, the, the way that we're doing that, last night in my Discord, we held a prepping class where we talked about the basics of storing your food, your essentials, the basics of prepping. It's one of two prepping classes that we're going to be having in our Discord group this month. If you're looking to get into that group, head on over to ZachRector.com. The way that we're doing and preparing for this crisis is we're doing the prepping classes. We're getting our prepping strategies up so that we have our food and our essentials. And then we're also uh, understanding that we're budgeting for paying higher prices for our, our gas, for our diesel. We know that our rent's going to be jacked up 10 to 20% this year. We're already figuring that into our budget when we structure ourselves, our investment strategy for this year. Um, and, and then when it comes to the debt crisis and the liquidity crisis, what we've been doing is we're actually personally, I'm sitting on cash so that I can buy the blood in the streets. And then the second thing that we're doing is we're locking in fixed rate debt. These are all the same simple strategies that I've been talking about. If you guys have been tuned in here, you guys have been seeing me talk about this with my whiteboard sessions, very simple strategies. We've been refinancing our debt to get it in at lower. We've been locking in lower rates. Now your mortgage is busted through five five percent on that interest so the affordability is about a hundred percent higher than it was last year it's basically doubled the same house it's going to cost you twice as much from an affordability aspect the price uh the median home has gone up from about four hundred thousand to five hundred thousand here in america but that same house is going to cost you twice as much in your mortgage payment because of these interest rate hikes so our investment strategy goes past cryptocurrency We've already been talking about that at nauseum over the last year. I've made the whole case for XRP, XLM, the rest of the utility coins. You guys already know the deal there. If you do have a little bit of gamble, a little bit of trading, if that's what you're doing, if that's your hustle, we love it. We love trading the NFTs, trading on the day trade futures. If that's your hustle, that's your game, and you've been studying it, you got skin in the game, you're willing to lose uh, your, your money to learn, then that's great. But what we're doing is we're investing in cryptocurrency, we're investing in precious metals, we're refinancing our debt, locking in fixed rate. I have 0% debt on equipment in my business. That's basically getting paid to borrow because the real interest rate we know is 7 to 15%. So when I lock in a rate at 0%, I'm getting paid to borrow essentially because I'm paying back the loan over five years. 
um, at 0%. It's just ridiculous. And then I use that piece of equipment to go generate um, cash flow, right? And, and so we've structured ourselves in a way that we're continuing to generate cash flow. We built this, the businesses are recession-proof, depression-proof. Now, the financial heads on Talking Head Media, CNBC, are still debating are we going into recession or not. We've already uh, structured ourselves for that, and we already know that people are feeling the pain. So what we've done is we've locked in contracts, we've raised prices, fired the clients that can't afford our services, and then um, hammer, just hammer away on a daily basis. I mean, one thing about me compared to all these other guys is we're putting in a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, that's my landscape business. That's my media business. That's family life pounding away on a daily basis. Um, and we wake up every day and we know that we have a purpose to prepare ourselves during this time. And when times get tough, when our our bag of XRP has done nothing, done nothing, um, you know, that's hard. I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, I wake up here, we've done all the research on the partnerships. We know that this is inevitable. In the meantime, I just, I don't get distracted by the FUD. I don't try to continue researching. Oh, I need to find new partnerships. I need to find more adoption. No, it's all coming once regulation's all done. In the meantime, I, I, I just focus on stacking my cash, right? Every single day, show up to work, work 12 to 13 hours a day. No questions asked. Seven days a week, no time off. My my woman has to pull me away. Pull me away to go spend time with family. If I'm not hanging out with you guys, if I'm not working on my business, I'm holding my baby or taking care of my girl. That's all we do. And we've been doing things in every single asset class. Studying all of this over the last decade. Right? Um, I, I did, you know, we're getting a lot of hate in the comments these days. That's fine. Views are down. That's fine. <laughs> we run real businesses. We don't need clicks and views to pay the bills. We don't need sponsorships. I don't do any paid sponsorships. I come on here and I share the truth. I spit it from my heart. Okay. This is me, right? You guys get to see within my soul because I can't do a filter. I don't do BS. I will never sell out. Uh, we just, you know, it's the same simple message day in and day out. And I understand if you guys are getting tired of hearing me talk about XRP, tired of hearing me tell you guys to have a plan, tired of telling me to, uh, telling you to get your ass in gear and get something done. I want you guys to be prepared right now. It's a serious situation. I appreciate all of you guys for tuning in tonight. If you're looking to get in contact, just head on over to ZachRector.com. Let's continue on. So this is what I was talking about. This tweet's from Nazma Ali. She says, friend of mine who works at a big bank, quote, big decline of mortgage applications since last month. All we get now are refinances. So basically people are broke. <laughs> no one, no new first time home buyers are coming through these days besides myself. See, while everyone else is running away, they're scared for their lives and really they just can't afford it. They're getting squeezed. The liquidity crisis here, the debt crisis is here. They can't afford it. I'm getting myself in position knowing that what I see, I don't see many deals. I see a lot of people buying overpriced real estate, overvalued real estate. Um, but I'm getting ready to make a move right now. When, when people are, are going to be struggling right now, 
uh, with the real estate market, this is when we're looking to get opportunities. We're coming in and we're, we're, <laughs> we're coming in slinging. You have sold out if you have kids, but you choose money over their time. Everything I do on a daily basis is to take care of my little girl. So it's a matter of balance of, you know, how much time do I need to spend with my girl versus how much time do I need to spend building generational wealth um, that takes care of my girl, right? So that that's the perspective there. But I appreciate the feedback. I know we always got people here up up in the comments that want to tell me how to parent, how to live my life. I appreciate that. Let's continue on here. Uh, yeah, so as I was saying, you know, the mortgage applications are way, way down. The numbers are already coming in. Remember, real estate lags about a month on the data. So we're starting to see, though, the data coming out is telling us that the mortgage applications are down. Everyone's refinancing because they're broke. Uh, people overextended themselves. Not as bad as 0708, but this thing's ready to pop, ready to pop. And the and the Federal Reserve is doing that by raising interest rates. Like the Goldman guy said at the beginning of this show, if they raise this thing to 4% interest rates, we are dead. Dead. Not homeless in the streets. Dead. People, I mean, that might sound dramatic, but I mean that. Like, we're dead if we go to 4% interest rates. Um, we're, we're, we're screwed if they actually do that. Now, I never take the Fed at their word, but we, that's all we have. We have to take the Fed at their word of what they're saying. Now, that Goldman Sachs guy, he's just speaking because he knows that inflation's about to get crazy. It's about to get crazy. From Zero Hedge, QE quantitative easing boosted asset prices, killed volatility, incentivized corporate buybacks culture. Check this out. Past 15 years, corporations have increased stock buybacks, $7.6 trillion of them. At the same time, increasing employee, employee wages, just $4.6 trillion. This is coming from Bank of America. So they've been buying back more of their own shares, basically uh, increasing the amount of the assets that they own. And at that same time, the employee wages have um, increased about half uh, as much. And this is all because of the Federal Reserve and their policies pumping this thing into oblivion. It's been good for the crypto market because we've pumped. Bitcoin went to 60K. The Dow went to 30,000. Um, you know, it was great. We all got fat and happy, right? But the party's over. The party is over. The Fed is now popping this bubble. And uh, in, in, in my opinion, basically Trump had this thing going, rocking and rolling, what happened was the events of 2020, and then that gave him the ticket to basically just print this thing into oblivion. And basically, uh, without just coming out and admitting bankruptcy, basically just admit that it's gone, right? And then he handed it back over to them in 2020 uh, with the election, like, you know, handed it back over. Joe takes over, and now Joe's running the show, and the house of cards is just collapsing. The whole system's falling apart, and... Um, you know, that's that's just my perspective on how this has really gone down. And it is part of the reason why I do say that Trump's going to just walk right back into office in 2024 with ease. Um, you know, that's not my opinion on Trump. That's not I'm not here to be a Trumper and do that. 
I'm just here to tell you guys how it's going to play out. It's as clear as day. He predicted everything, um, whether you like him or not. He predicted everything that's now playing out. He handed it back over to him. He basically wrote everything off in 2020 when they took our balance sheet from $4 trillion to $9 trillion, And then he moved the Federal Reserve basically underneath the Treasury Department, which basically brought back our Federal Reserve, our monetary policy, back under control of America. Instead of being controlled by a foreign entity in the Federal Reserve, which is not owned by America, it's owned by private central bankers, not of America. Right. So that's what he did in the structures. I've gone over the documents there as well. Blackstone did the custody solution. Uh, it went, our balance sheet went from four trillion to nine trillion. And now the the Fed's done. The party's over. They have no more ammo left. There's no more. You know, they have no more firing power. And that's why this thing's falling apart. They're telling us that they're going to rapidly reduce that balance sheet that went to nine trillion dollars. But the problem is, is there's no buyers. Russia now owns none of our treasury bonds. They don't care about using the U.S. dollar, right? This whole story's over. Um, and, you know, when, when I say um, we're watching the world stage play out, that's, that's what we're watching play out, right? So, um, you know, we've been talking about this, this situation here. It's going to increase the wealth gap. If we continue to get inflation, which we will, that's what's baked into the cake. The only way out of this crisis for them at this point is to inflate the, the currency into oblivion to pay back and cover their ass. They have to pay for these assets. Um, no one else wants to buy our debt or allow us to take on more debt, right? They're no longer buying our treasury notes. So the party's over. To summarize it, to make it simple for you guys, the party's over. The punch bowl is not getting filled again. The party is over. But uh, let's transition on over here to cryptocurrency. Thank you for tuning in tonight, guys. We got a few hundred on YouTube, a couple hundred on TikTok. If you guys could hit that thumbs up for me, I would greatly appreciate that. If you're looking to get access to our community, head on over to ZachRector.com. If you're looking to get the merch, ZachRector.com. It's all over there. Thank you, guys. Appreciate all of you. Let's transition over to cryptocurrency. This is uh, coming from Jake Shervensky. This week marks the three-year anniversary of the last time the SEC provided guidance on whether and when digital assets qualify as securities. In April of 2019, the SEC published a list of non-exclusive factors con to consider under the Howey test. Since then, nothing but enforcement. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, really, they've never provided guidance, and, and that's being exposed in the Ripple case, right? The Hinman speech they're now saying is that it was just his opinion. That was just Bill Hinman's opinion. That was not the official position of the SEC. So they've really not given us anything. And uh, huge shout out to Widowmaker in our Discord group. Thank you for sharing. He was lighting up our chat today. Thank you, Widowmaker, for all the shares. This article right here from the Crypto Basic. The new email conversation shows Bill Hinman violated the SEC rules. So I'm just going to just mention this because you guys have already seen this. Um, this has already been circulating in the XRP community today big time. Essentially, Hinman was already told by the SEC, do not go speak with uh, Simpson Thatcher. You are not supposed to be speaking with them. That is a conflict, a criminal conflict. Okay. Uh, this scored some extraordinary emails regarding Bill Hinman, including one that shows that Hinman was warned that he has a, quote, bar under the criminal financial conflict 
with Simpson because you have an ongoing financial interest in the firm. That was tweeted out from James Flan, coming out from Crypt, uh, Crypto Law, that's John Deaton's firm. Hinman explicitly warned he may never meet with Simpson Thatcher well in office, then promptly and repeatedly violates the rule. Five times after he was told he went and met with a guy from Simpson Thatcher. Completely illegal. It is a, a criminal, criminal act. John Dean says Hinman didn't just have, quote, retirement benefits. He had an ongoing financial interest in the success of Simpson Thatcher. The better his law firm did, the better he did. Helping clients, ethics told him not to meet with his partners, yet he continued. He was a double agent. So working for, for a big, big Wall Street uh, law firm, right, Simpson Thatcher, while maintaining his post as the director of uh, corporate finance at the SEC. Eleanor Terrett also quoting, and, and she's one of the few from Fox Business that is covering this. Eleanor Terrett, huge shout out to her, one of the few on mainstream news that is actually covering this case. It would be a, quote, criminal financial conflict. So these, I mean, this is criminal, guys. All the way up to the top, we already know how Gary Gensler, what he was involved in as well. This whole SEC, everyone in charge at the SEC, um, even including Jay Clayton, the former SEC chair, right? This whole thing's exposed. They have to settle this up. Now, I'm not going to predict here that we're going to have a settlement in a month, in two months. I just think that this thing will be settled up before anything major gets exposed. It's already really, really been exposed on a major level, but I would predict that they're going to wrap this thing up sooner rather than later because it's just getting to the criminal point. They're getting exposed for criminal charges. Um, we already saw in regards to the criminal campaign conspiracy. Um, I can't mention the name, but starts with the C. Ran against President Trump in 2016, right? We all know how that's been exposed as well. The criminal campaign conspiracy. Gary was the CFO. Um, they are getting charged with RICO violations, racketeering, right? Um, when we call it, a, it's perfectly called a criminal campaign conspiracy, right? And it includes everyone at the SEC. XRP, the standard productions, love his stuff. His satire is amazing. Uh, this is a fake post here from the, from the SEC that he puts out. For the record... Bill Hinman's corruption was his own personal corruption and not the official corruption of the SEC. Thank you. So he's making a joke out of the fact that they're saying that Bill Hinman's speech was only his opinion, not the official position of the SEC. And this is why Ripple has them on fair notice defense too, which they can't lose on fair notice defense. If they lose on fair notice defense, then they can't go after the rest of the crypto space. Jeremy Hogan says, a good thing about having co-defendants is that they can raise the same issues from slightly different perspectives. Here, Attorney Solomon comes at the same issues as Ripple, but from oblique angles, and his preliminary statement really highlights the problems with the SEC's case. So this case is about, this is directly from the response. Uh, this is Attorney, Attorney Solomon representing Brad Garlinghouse. This case is about the SEC seeking to do to do through after-the-fact litigation what it has failed to do through deliberative guidance and rulemaking. The SEC is seeking to push the boundaries of the securities laws into new areas 
where they have never been understood to apply before. It is seeking to send a regulatory message to the market and to create a new standard for how digital assets will be regulated in this country. And it is seeking to project its own jurisdiction into a newly emerging field without giving any clear guidance to the market, including Mr. Garlinghouse, as to how to apply the federal securities laws to this new type of financial technology. In short, it is now seeking to obtain a litigated victory on the back of regulatory opaquity uh, opaquity that it is self-created. The SEC has gone too far. The realization of its policy aspirations should not and cannot come at the expense of Mr. Garlinghouse's rights. They never had a case. This thing is completely over. We're just watching the show, right? So... Scheduling update from James Philan, and I know it, this is so wearing. It's so frustrating, right? This case just keeps on getting pushed out and pushed out. But here's the next dates to watch out for. I know I'm sick of it too, guys. You know, uh, but I did just buy more XRP two weeks ago, so I'm taking advantage of these prices while we got them. Now that the individual defendants' answers have been filed, the SEC's position on additional discovery is due on April 15th. How are we still talking about discovery? Discovery was supposed to be over at the end of February. It's so ridiculous. Um, but we get the SEC's position on additional discovery on April 15th. So that's uh, seven days away. Okay, we'll see that in a week. And the joint proposed scheduling order is due on April 22. 2022. So the joint proposed scheduling order is where they determine when we're going to have the final summary, summary judgment uh, for the dis uh, discovery phase. So the summary judgment will be decided. The date will be determined by April 22, 2022. James Flan says, also, we're still waiting for the decisions on the SEC's motion for partial reconsideration, the defendant's motion to strike the supplemental expert report, the defendant's motion to compel turnover of the Estabrook Estabrook notes, and the decision on the SEC's proposed redactions. Unbelievable, you know, what the SEC's getting away with here. The name of the game is stall for the SEC, right? So the rest of the Wall Street boys can get in the show so they can cover up Bill Hinman, the corruption, cover up Jay Clayton, cover up for Gary Gensler. And all truth will be revealed. It's a great thing to watch. Let's continue on here. This was the huge news that came out today. Massive, massive news, guys, for XRP, guys. Let's run it up. And I just want to say, as frustrating it is, it, as it is, we're holding this bag. It's doing nothing. We get made fun of. The kids make memes about us, right? Check it out, though. Who else is getting Michael Jordan's NFT collection? Coming to the XRP ledger, this is VSA Partners, is excited to announce we are collaborating with Rare Air Media to launch an exclusive collection of Michael Jordan NFTs through the Ripple Creator Fund. Massive, massive news. Incredibly bullish for XRP, guys. The update just came out. So now XRP is going to be able to handle the NFTs. We're no longer in beta. Remember, Sologenic had built out their NFT marketplace basically by using the beta code, um, the beta network, right? 
now we've upgraded. Now we're ready for NFTs. So it's basically just a full send on NFTs on the XRP ledger now. And we right away, we get a major, major announcement of Michael Jordan NFTs coming to the XRP ledger. So great news for XRP. Here's another partnership for you guys coming out of Scilabs, CY Lab, Scilabs, I guess is how you pronounce this. Uh, Scilab or Kylab, I don't know how you pronounce this. Pleased to announce that Ribble will be founding sponsor of our secure blockchain initiative. We are looking forward to being a part of such a forward-thinking program with the potential to make huge strides in the blockchain industry. Quote from Ripple. This is Ripple partnering up with Kylabs, which is the Carne- uh, coming from the Carnegie Mellon University Security and Privacy Institute. Now, we showed you guys just a few days ago the connection to BNY Mellon, right? Um, well, we have two connections between Ripple and BNY Mellon. We have... Sandra O'Connor, right? One of the Ripple board members, I think it was Sandra O'Connor, went to go join the board of directors at BNY Mellon. And then we also covered how the BNY Mellon family heir to the whole estate um, was a major, major XRP holder. And he had an untimely death. And at the time, he was continuing to stack up XRP during 2018. I forget how much he had, just millions and millions of XRP. So... Uh, we already showed you guys that connection, but here we have another partnership, Ripple, uh, investing in this program here over at the Carnegie Mellon University. Now, I wanted to cover this. I gave you guys my response bi- video to the Bitcoin conference. If you guys haven't already checked that out, that was posted here uh, today. Uh, my reaction to the Bitcoin maxis gone wild. Michael Saylor, Kathy Wood, and the ridiculous claims that they're making at the Bitcoin conference. That video was dropped today. If you guys haven't already checked it out, uh, head on over and take a look. But this is the type of nonsense that is coming out of the Bitcoin conference. So Bitcoin Magazine here, major retailers and restaurants are accepting Bitcoin payments. So they lift off, list off McDonald's, Walmart's, Macy's, a um, bunch of other big, big outfits here that are accepting Bitcoin. But Crypto Whale, I wanted to point this out, one of the OGs in the in the uh, XRP community and in the Dispelling Bitcoin Maxis community. He says, this is so misleading. McDonald's equals five stores in El Salvador, which Bitcoin usage is down 95%. So he's saying that basically them touting that McDonald's is accepting Bitcoin for payments. That was only five restaurants, five McDonald's in El Salvador. And in El Salvador, we know that Bitcoin usage is down 95%. The bag of Bitcoin that that president has bought for his country is in the red. That program is not working out, (laughs) but uh, it doesn't stop the Bitcoin maxis. And this is to this point, this is what the overall cryptocurrency space was doing over the last year. They were basically paying for partnerships. They were going and doing photo ops. They were going and just shaking hands and having one meeting with someone. They were consulting uh, somebody and they call it a partnership. But that does not mean that they're using their token. And in this case, this is once again, another cryptocurrency misrepresenting quote unquote partnerships and adoption. Um, Five McDonald's in El Salvador accepting Bitcoin. That is not uh, (laughs) that is not adoption, right? That program is not working out. 
Oh yeah, I forgot that I pulled up this CNN article on the interest rates, right? Yeah. So I, I, I pulled this up just to show you guys that, yeah, we're currently only at um, 20, uh, 0.25 to half a percentage on the Federal Reserve interest rate, the Fed fund rate. And that Goldman Sachs guy was talking to go to 4%. If we go to 4%, we're absolutely wrecked. We're, we're at a quarter to half a percent right now. <laughs> we're at 0% interest rate, guys. So we continue to lock in uh, fixed rate debt, good debt on cash flowing assets on our business. We know that we can uh, cover debt service and we can still have cash flow. And that is the name of the game, right? Understanding the difference between good debt and bad debt. Let's check the market. Haven't checked the market all day. Oh, we're down again today. Okay. Bitcoin down to 42K. XRP down to 75. And ETH is at 3200. Oh, sorry. We just updated. Bitcoin's at 42. My bad. Let's refresh this one more time. Bitcoin. It's like, who cares? You know, Bitcoin's at 42, whatever. Uh, ETH at 3200 and XRP at 75. Okay. So, you know, we're going to continue to watch this. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the month. We're going into, uh, I, I think that we are going into the final phase of this thing over the next month or so. I feel like I've been saying this for like the last three months, but we'll see how this plays out. The Fed wants to pop the party, uh, pop the bubble. What we're doing, I've already gone over our strategies. If you're looking to get into our Discord group and join and get in, I just dropped my quarterly report where I gave my full forecast. We just had our prepping class last night. We're going to have another real estate class next week, a second prepping class uh, later this month. What we're doing is um, covering covering all aspects of this thing. Cryptocurrency, precious metals, uh, just added life insurance policy as well. Uh, locking in fixed rate interest, building increasing cash flow. Focusing on cash flow and stacking cash right now so that we can buy the blood in the streets. Um, what else are we doing? Um, the prepping. Yep, covered that. The essentials. Second Amendment. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing time to be alive, guys. There's so much opportunity on the other side of this thing. I do want to say that uh, I appreciate all of you guys for tuning in, sharing this message, taking action taking care of your family, taking care of your community, taking care of your church. And I know that, uh, I, I feel like in our community, we are looking to change the world on the other side of this thing. You know, if, if we do end up coming, when when we do, I'm not going to say if, when we do come into this generational wealth, when we do change our lives for the better, uh, on the other side of this thing, we will be able to rebuild, restructure, and rebirth a new society on a level playing field. I am super excited about the opportunities but we always stay focused on the crisis at hand. How do we survive that? Because we know that we have the, the strategies to thrive on the other side. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.